comrades, you're listening to Kyle's Communist Book Club. My name is Kyle. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm going to use this time to discuss some of the uh, very, very dangerous rhetorical arguments I've been seeing over on TikTok. A brief summary off the top, if you're unaware of what TikTok is, it is one of the most popular apps in the world right now. It connects people from all countries over short microburst video style, uh, usually about three minute clips at the longest, often seven second, 15 second clip. So very much, uh, if you remember Vine from back in the day, uh, even TikTok, or I'm sorry, YouTube shorts, think of that sort of content. TikTok is an interesting place to discuss communism because the algorithm does a very good job of sharing things out. We're over on Twitch, which I highly recommend you go follow, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. We're over there, we can discuss uh, politics. It might only accrue maybe seven to 15 viewers a night, Come on out, come hang with us. But over on TikTok, I very quickly can turn on a stream and have about 100 people in the room. This is very cool because for a live stream component, it means we can talk with so many people. The downside is the majority of the TikTok audience is very trolly, very anti-communist. And the downside to that is anti-communism is fascism. And let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's going to be the underlying theme of this episode. I'll touch on a couple other debates, but this is one of the biggest changes I'm seeing out there as I breach onto the TikTok platform. Many people are outright calling for fascism. I have received many a comment that says fascism is greater than communism or we need to bring back a fascist state to get rid of people like you. There's a lot of death threats. They're, they're very quick. Um, one of their biggest little ones they post all the time is that we should pinochet you and they'll post little helicopter emojis and stuff they'll also say that stalin killed a billion trillion people and you know i'm sad about it yet there they go and they have like swastikas on their profile it's like are you really sad about anyone dying or are you yourself tiktok troll are you trying to propagate that sort of thing i suppose this gets us to the topic of where some of these comments are coming from Scarily enough, a lot of these people that post this are describing themselves as younger. I've seen a couple so-called 15-year-olds posting that. Not such a surprise because 15-year-olds are going to be edgy. But I got to say, when I was 15, I never leaned into fascism. Not once, not slightly, not at all. I think many people out there have an idea that uh, fascism is the enemy of all mankind. It really is the decaying stage of capitalism. Instead of becoming more equal and more fair, fascism is the outlet. It decides that all of the woes of the state and society are because of select minority groups. There's all kinds of, I believe there's about 13 key identifiers to fascism, but many of them have to do with attacking and scapegoating minority groups. That's gay people, Jews, uh, Poles, Slavs, you, know, you, you name a group that the, the Nazis went after, uh, handicapped people, there's so many, so many, and they're not exclusive to those groups either, right? Fascism's goal is to say, well, our society's falling apart, it must be because of these people, so we should consolidate more power into the state so that we can get rid of these undesirables and make a pure ethno-state, tends to be where they come from. It can be applied in different ways, and I'm, I'm not going to claim to be the king of all fascism knowledge, but I am summarizing a couple of the key concepts for you. The other big thing uh, in alignment with fascism I'm seeing is people decrying, I'm sorry, not decrying, but actually clamoring for 
a return of monarchies, which interestingly enough, though there are some textbook and academic differences between a dictatorship and a monarchy, it is, I think, in common terms, a very simple thing. Keeping in mind that oftentimes over on TikTok, these are the people that refuse to acknowledge that there's a difference between socialism and communism. They think they're identical and there's no difference in the book. And when you tell them that there is, they say you're moving the goalposts. So I suppose in equal turn, I can kind of turn around just for a second and say, well, you know, look at these people. They're pushing for a monarchy. They want a king. They want a queen. They want that traditional rigid system where nobody but those people can make the rules. Well, they're effectively asking for a dictatorship, just a dictatorship with stolen emeralds on the crown, a scepter and a sovereign versus, again, a more traditional dictatorship of the more modern industrial world. If you want to say anything, maybe they're borrowing the monarchism from feudalism, whereas we're looking at dictatorships coming out of industrialization and capitalism. It creates a real cesspool over there. Please, if you want to go follow, by the way, it's Kyle Paranormal is the, uh, the TikTok account as well. Go check that one out. I do videos debunking all these rhetorical arguments they put up. It's a constant endeavor. So I think this episode is, is again, just going to be kind of sharing some of the things I'm hearing and the stresses that those bring out, the fears they're bringing out in me. I'm getting a lot of these comments from people in Central Europe, people that they themselves are too young to have ever lived under communism, or specifically to say have never lived under socialism, because they're often referring to the USSR which as we know is a socialist republic. They don't know the difference of the terms and they refuse to accept that there's a difference. They say, my grandparents, my grandparents, my grandparents. And often they can't actually back up any of these claims. And when I say back up, I mean, let's hear it. I'd love to hear your grandparents' story. Can we talk? Can we discuss it? Like, what did they hate about communism? Socialism, what they're calling communism. So what do we, what do they hate about communism? What was so wrong for them under the USSR? Well, they fled. They did this. They did that. They were arrested. They blah, 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 blah. Not discounting any of the stories, but I can't validate or verify any of these stories. These are all drive-by comments that are left. And that's a huge problem because it perpetuates to others that see the chat, oh, look at these people saying how bad communism is. They must know. No, not really. Uh, oftentimes the comments specifically are telling me, Kyle, as an American, you don't know. Well, I do spend a lot of my time reading and researching and, and talking to people that either lived in the USSR or know someone close to them that does and wants to share that story. I, I love firsthand accounts. If you'll remember, this podcast actually started, I was looking at the book, Svetlana Alexievich's Secondhand Time, The Last of the Soviets. It is an oral history, and she's an anti-communist, by the way, but it is an oral history that praises communism quite a lot. I actually have someone over on my Instagram that just said, Kyle, it's foolish of you to read that book. It's bad. Don't read that book. She's an anti-communist. And I said, yes. That's exactly why I'm reading the book, because someone tried to write a book disparaging communism and instead wrote a book highlighting some of the best of communism. One of the most interesting accounts in the book is from Nikolai Petrovich, who says uh, that he was joining the Communist Party in 1922. means real early, right? 1917 revolution. He was joining the Communist Party in 1922. He and his wife under Stalin were sent to the gulag system. Uh, into labor camps. She died in the camps. He stopped being a Stalinist at that time, continued to be a communist and a Leninist, but gave up on Stalin, which I admit for everyone out there, that's sort of where my mindset is these days. I, this guy is a perfect example that you can still believe in the revolution and, and discount Stalin's uh, things. You know, I have said this time and time again, but Stalin's efforts in the war can be pl applauded at times, but he has a very 
uh, anti-Lenin ideas that he put into effect. Some very revisionist sort of content. And we can get into a whole can of worms there, but I don't want to debate that. I just want to talk about this story where Nikolai Petrovich is telling us how he suffered, and yet after the USSR even dissolved, he considered himself an active communist, someone that was loyal to the party. And he, in the interview, mentions not wanting to speak out bad against the party. He's still worried about sharing these stories because of how much respect he had for it. I think it's interesting. You know, we need to read these accounts, the good and the bad. We need to address these sort of things. I've been clipping out parts of his interview through the audiobook, and I've been posting those up on TikTok. It's funny, the same people that yell, Kyle, you don't listen to Eastern European people. They don't comment on those videos, weirdly enough. Hmm. Wonder why that is. I wonder why the same people that clamor, Eastern European people hate communism, don't comment on the videos that, that are recounting stories of people loyal to the Communist Party, the Soviet Union. I have my speculation as to why that might be. But again, let's wrap back around. Let's talk about some of these comments directly. So we're getting uh, Pinochet death threats, right? I mentioned those. We are getting, oh, of course, the massive Stalin killed a billion, trillion, zillion people. Those are funny to debunk. That's a hard one to debunk. And that, I guess, again, roots into the main thing I want to discuss, which is this movement that I'm seeing more and more and more of. It is called the Victims of Communism. I've seen them before. It's not the first time I've seen them online. You probably see they have a museum. It's kind of a fund as well. It's sort of an ideological, like, think group, a, a think tank sort of deal. What they're basically doing is whitewashing fascism. They are saying that the communists, the communists, I don't even know who to exactly blame. Like, I don't know what they're actually yelling about. They're just yelling to yell. The communists killed so many people that that's why the fascists are noble because the fascists fought back against the communists. And we see some of this with um, Ukraine liberating or uh, rehumanizing, I guess, their old Nazi folks and fellows, Bandera and the rest kind of bringing them out as heroes, national heroes. I still think that Ukraine is small beans on the world stage of fascism. I still urge people that if you're upset about Ukrainian fascism, oh, sweet child, you're going to be real upset when you understand how bad America is slipping towards fascism. Because Ukraine on the map is literally small, economically small, very teeny, America, big. America, money. America, strong. America, gonna bomb your country soon. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to warn people. America has never been a global hero or a savior of the people. But I want to remind folks how bad it's going to get as we slip into a further fascist state. Because if right now it looks like America is like, sort of protecting my country, they're soon going to be cooing your country. America would never do that. We have museums that demonstrate and show off our pride in how America does that. <laughs> uh, this is laughter out of pure fear. Pure fear and feeling unheard. <laughs> this laughter comes from being like, I'm, am I crazy or is everyone else crazy? Let's also talk about Russia for a brief second because I don't want people to jump on board the, the Russian bandwagon. Russia's going to save us. No, Putin also is fascist in his leanings. Uh, probably more so than any one entity we have in the United States. It's like Putin. Putin's amount of fascism that I would attribute to him is collective of like the entire GOP, maybe. 
the GOP is a lot of stupid people in this country. Putin actually has consolidated power, which makes him effectively a dictator, which is why we as communists do not back any of these parties, not the state of Ukraine, nor Russia, nor NATO, or the United States. We don't back any of them. We instead organize with the proletariat of all of these countries to organize global revolution. At times like this of imperialist war, we should be working against our governments. We should be working to not only sabotage supply lines for them, but again, organize within in the efforts of creating a socialist revolution. But Kyle, you're making this up. Nope, all oh, this is just Lenin. This is just basic Lenin stuff. I get your book uh, citations for it, but I love to just shout out the channel Socialism for All. I think they're fantastic. They read out a lot of these audiobooks and recently did a great breakdown. You can find some of that information in my previous episodes. I think the last one I did was about imperialism too. I get very few of this conversational debate on TikTok, this idea of supporting one imperialist nation over the other. Sometimes people will say, well, Kyle, uh, should I support Russia? In which I recite everything I just said. The one I see more often is people telling me to go to Russia. If you like communism so bad, why don't you just go to Russia? Yikes. Do they not know that Russia was never communist ever? It's not communist now. And it was only socialist back in the day, but it's neither at the moment. And that worries me a lot. They really don't know. They really, truly do not know. Liberating and enhancing the lives of our people is going to be challenging. And this is why vanguardism is so important. That's why we need a group of people who are reading and understanding theory to go out there and help educate the masses. Because we do not have the necessary class awareness. Most of the people on TikTok are arguing with me over basic things, saying, Socialism is when no food. Communism, bread lines, death, suffering. They don't use a lot of words either. I think their vocabulary is pretty limited, which is another statement. I mean, I shouldn't laugh about that. I actually shouldn't. But it is a little comical that they're trying to tell me, you don't know. And yet they write like they've never written before. And it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. Uh, they're not very open to education. They're not very open to hearing counterpoints. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking really freely here and probably a little bit insulting in this, this conversation, but I can't imagine any anti-communist listening to this podcast. So to share my woes and my struggles with all of you is to say, trying to convince them is almost impossible. I don't think it's our best use of time anyway. I do not run any of these platforms as debate platforms. And there's a reason for that. I don't think that anti-communism is worth debating. It's the same thing that I don't believe there's any worth debating whether homosexuality is natural or normal. I don't think there's any point in debating whether trans people are natural or normal. I am in favor of all these groups, all minority groups. We need to rise them up. The reason we shouldn't have debates about them is the debates take place on that person's freedom. That means if you're debating whether or not a gay person should have rights, you are having that debate basically on their body. It's not a mutual playing field. We're not on level ground with a line in the sand in the middle. We're not playing tug of war like that. We're actually on top of that person arguing, well, they shouldn't have rights. The moment they don't have rights, we get them off the table. We don't have to talk about this anymore. So it's already this losing ground. The people that are in those minority groups that are being argued against can't argue in their own favor very well because, again, the line is right up on them anyway. 
So they don't have wiggle room. There's not, it's not a fair exchange. When you have these, these discussions about their rights and you're having it, again, I can't describe it much better than like you're having it on top of them. You're literally like pinning them down so they can't move in this conversation or argument. Anti-communists are pretty much the same way. To argue anything but a socialist communist movement is to agitate or to enable fascism. It pushes for an unequal world because again, capitalism is an exploitative force and fascism is even more of an exploitative force. It is the worst aspects of capitalism. It is capitalism's decay and the natural uh, festering of that wound. So when we're looking at these two things, communism and, and fascism, I'm seeing that people think they're identical. People think they're on the same side of the spectrum. I've tried nowadays to break down the terminology into something very basic. I try telling people, you know, think about communism as something that's trying to raise up everyone equally. And think about fascism as a component that wants individual groups to suffer for the benefit of a single group. I think the worrisome thing is a lot of people are chill with that. I don't believe all humanity is lost for the record. Please don't take that in, in, in any of this spiraling, what I'm kind of talking about here. Don't, don't think I'm saying that everyone, the whole world is, is, is doomed to failure, but we need to certainly get a muzzle on these people that are saying that. That's another big part of the anti-communist thing is uh, they want you to think that the world is black and white, that there's only two options. You're either with them or with us. Funny, I, I kind of just said it was, was didn't I? The difference is, in my opinion, we need to push off very far from the fascists, right? We need to, to kick them down into the dirt and propel ourselves, propel all of society upwards because communism, socialism is about helping everyone, is about feeding people, clothing people, housing people. Fascism is about taking those things away from select groups and allocating more, well, oh, sorry, more wealth, more power, more political prestige to select groups. If you think about the, the Nazis, you can think about the Aryans, right? They wanted a specific perfect person, this group that would be like uber, uber groups. Use a lot of terminology like that too. I hope I'm describing this well enough, these sort of kind of rants after I just got off of a TikTok stream. My brain's a little bit in the gutter. Uh, it's a little bit mushy. But I want people to recognize it's it's either communism as a future or we're going to fall down this really dark rabbit hole of fascism because the capitalist system we're living right now exploits as its default. It is exploitative. Our lives suffer as a result. Uh, we do not benefit from the money we're making and the systems we're producing. A select few, the bourgeois benefit. The rest of us have all just started taking it as acceptable losses. What's normal that kids don't eat? It's normal that people get thrown out of their homes. It's normal that they'll shut people's heat off in the winter. It's normal that they'll do this, that, and the other. No, no, none of that is normal. All of that is regressive, bad, cruel, barbaric, backwards. I don't know what word you want to use for it, but when we live in a world where we can very easily turn your heat back on, right? We're not shy on electricity here in America. There's issues with our power grid, don't get me wrong. But we have the means to do it. So anytime we take things away from people, it's just punitive capitalism. Oh, you didn't pay. Well, you don't deserve. So is that a democracy? Is that really free? No. 
It's democracy for the rich. It's freedom for the rich, the people that can afford it. Most of us are actually trapped by that very notion because we have to work paycheck to paycheck to pay to keep our heat on. That prevents us from organizing and working outside of the system. That worries people. They don't want us to have that free time. They will disrupt people from having that free time. Something that's thrown at me a lot, uh, again on TikTok, is people saying, you, you can't be a communist and make money from capitalism. In fact, Lenin specifically has some quotes about how we need to work within the system that we're in, that we must try to reform things from the better while we're pushing for a revolution, active revolution, active education, which I suppose is a good plug here. If you have the money, the time, the energy to support us, we run a pioneer program here in the United States now. We call it the Revelator Pioneers, something we've just been working on this summer, and it's got some real legs to it. If you would like to join us on our Discord server, it is ko-fi.com forward slash pioneers. We talk all about homesteading and survival skills. We got a lot of people in the Discord posting links and information. We have socialism nights and we'd love to grow it. We would love to have you be a part of it. For as little as $5, you can get in on the Discord server. For $25 a month, you get access to downloadables. You get access to archive streams. That, I would say, is the biggest bundle. You can even uh, game with us a little bit. We have some gaming servers that we run on occasion. That is probably the most popular tier so far. So go check it out. It's ko-fi.com forward slash pioneers. This episode, I think, will be a little bit short. Again, my, my thoughts are a little bit sporadic. We talked about a couple of these little arguments they've left. We talked about the massive deaths. We've talked about this kind of slippery slope where they're trying to say that fascism and communism are equal when in truth they're diametrically opposed to one another. What else do I get a lot of? Oh, a lot of people saying you can't be a gay communist. That's a funny one. That's a funny one. Their argument there is based all around the idea that Stalin criminalized homosexuality, which is one of the many reasons I'm not a Stalin boy myself. They also try and say that Cuba is anti-gay, quoting that uh, Castro had um, gay labor divisions back in, in the, the days of the revolution and all of that. And that is something that Castro has apologized for and said that the regime was wrong for doing so, that his... His government body was was incorrect in that approach. Cuba now works on some of the most progressive LGBT family marriage laws that I've seen across the globe. The last big argument I want to include in this episode is a bit of a sensitive one. I put out some commentary on TikTok saying that uh, telling Americans that we don't have the right to talk about communism is a racist opinion. And before you get your defenses up here, hear me out. I get, again, I think I mentioned this at the start of the episode, a lot of people from Central Europe saying, you can't speak about communism. You never lived it. These same people did not live under communism either. These people didn't live under socialism either. They are young. They are recounting old things they've heard. They are recounting a lot of propaganda. But their idea is no one but Central and Eastern European people can discuss communism or socialism by that extension. Why is this racist, Kyle? They're not insulting me as a white guy to a white guy. I'm not offended there. And we could say, well, Kyle, it's sort of more xenophobic if you're talking about, you know, them being European telling you as an American. But here's where it goes beyond xenophobia and into racism. You see, they are already discounting the work of Cuban people, Vietnamese people, Chinese people, 
African people, you name so on and so forth, right? Any socialist movement around the globe, Venezuela, you name any sort of socialist push and they're saying, well, that's not valid. Those people don't count. So therefore still we as Europeans are the only people that can talk about it. <laughs> that's colonial ideology right there. That is the same stuff that colonized the world, spread capitalism and exploited the hell out of everyone else. What do you mean, Kyle? Well, think about it. Here you got a bunch of white guys from Europe saying that the efforts of people in what we call third world countries or the global south in this particular instance, here's white guys saying that people in the global south didn't do anything. Their achievements aren't worth it. Kind of sounds very similar to like the British Museum, right? Going and stealing a bunch of artifacts. Oh, these, they're just a bunch of dirty savages. What do they know? They can't appreciate art. You're literally stealing their art. <laughs> You're literally stealing their work and claiming it is yours. You're not paying or you know doing anything for it. You can kind of see maybe these aren't the most appropriate and like finite terms you want me to use. Maybe these aren't the exact conversations. But what these people are failing to see, because you know they, again they're saying, well, Kyle, it's not racism. None of this is racism. They're discounting that America's labor class. The people that have it the hardest in this country are what we call, as white people, minority groups. Asian people, black people, Mexican people, gay people, you know what I mean? You, you can go down the list. People from Europe are just saying, no, they don't matter. Their struggle doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that they're trying to make America socialist. That's wrong of them. They should know how we can only talk about it as Europeans. It's only our right. Again, what about the global south? What about all those places that are actively working towards socialism now? Collectively, this is a racist argument. Let's not forget that the same people that are pushing for this argument are the same people who are lauding and applauding fascists. And what is a component of fascism? Scapegoating, and as a result, racism. <laughs> those two things are hand in hand there. I actually had someone today, and I'm, I'm not sure that they were smart enough to have an academic conversation about this, or they were just trying to defend fascism outright, but they literally wrote, fascism isn't racist. And I'm like, ooh, okay. You know, maybe if we're in like a courtroom or we're in the classroom and, you know, you're right. We all had to memorize a study guide and the study guide says fascism is these three things and blah, blah, blah. But that's not the debate we're actually having, right? We're using colloquial terms, common terms. If it looks like a fascist, breathes like a fascist, smells like a fascist, if it attacks minority groups trying to preserve the power of the state, you know, it's a fascist. And to say that racism has no component to fascism terribly discounts that fascism went after Slavic people in particular thinking that they were less than human. Oh, wait, they did that to Jewish people too? Oh my goodness, next they'll be telling me that fascism isn't homophobic. Big. Yikes. All of this is under this kind of guise, this new movement of whitewashing fascism. Like I mentioned the name, the Victims of Communism Fund. That's their deal. Again, raise up the Nazis and say, well, they're good people because they were fighting the, the communists. They're, they're good. They're good. Look how bad the communists threw everyone in camps. Yeah, Stalin didn't do great things, and I still look at a lot of it as bad, but really my TikTok comments have made me reevaluate hard labor camps. I'm still not yelling for it and clamoring for it. I'm not supporting it outright, but I started to recognize the necessity of 
a harsh role against these folks because what they're advocating for oftentimes, again, is my death. And if I, as a gay man, am just supposed to take that on the chin, well, I firmly disagree and incite revolution instead. <laughs> it's not a free world. Uh, yeah, let me, I guess, speak exclusively as being a gay man for a second and say, I certainly don't feel that I live in a free world. I feel like I live in a world where me as a white guy gets me quite a lot of privilege. But, but my whiteness does not protect me from those who hate my gayness. Meaning, if they're going to punch me for being gay, yeah, maybe they would outright kill me if I were a black person and gay. And maybe as a white person and gay, they're only going to break my jaw. But are either of us free? Hell no. This is why me, the, 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 the white gay guy, and them, the black gay guy, we need to unite together to beat the ever-living F out of the Nazis, right? We need class solidarity because if not together, then we'll both die separately. That's why we don't really get to be as picky-choosy. We need to be supporting many different groups that are in the middle of some kind of suffrage, whether uh, they're suffering because uh, their rights are being taken away or because they're a group that was never assigned any rights. Whatever the situation, whatever the oppression, we need to be getting there and working on it. Let me rein myself in before I go off the rails and more tangents here. But it is to say, a lot of these comments show me how there is a necessity to push back. And I don't think it can just be through education. They get really scared when I use the word re-education too. So it's not like they're really open to the idea of changing their opinion or their mind. Uh, I guess though that last big comment was queuing up, you know, this idea of, of this racist European view that values the Nazis while saying that communism is bad and says that no one uh, but them can talk about it. Isn't that, gosh, how restrictive is that too? Sorry to have a little aside, but really rethink about that. Got a group of people saying nobody but them, you know, they hate communism, but nobody but them can ever talk about communism because it's not their right. If you don't believe me, by the way, you think Kyle's being hyperbolic or he's miswording any of these, please go do check out my TikTok. It shows the comments there. Like I, I put the comment in the next video. That's how it works. It's a pretty nice response platform. They can leave me a snarky text comment and then I can respond to it with like a three minute video dissecting it, which is really great. A lot of people have been saying it's they, they're enjoying that. So please go check that out. You'll see I'm not being hyperbolic at all. Some of the outright death threats I just, I do delete because what's the point? You know, how many death threats can I rhetorically de debate and tear apart? Now, keep in mind, I'm not outright in any of my conversations calling for their extinction, but I'm starting to understand how it's a necessity in a, in a revolutionary world, how we really truly cannot live side by side with these people. These people. They get mad when I call them these people too. But then on the flip side, they're like, look at these gays. I'm like, well, what should I call you? They don't like it when I call you these fascists. They get upset about that. We're not fascists. We just want to kill a bunch of people. Like, okay. These are the same people that are telling me that I'm moving the goalpost of communism when they're like literally uh, out there painting over their swastikas with a more modern swastika. It's like, ah, uh, okay. We'll leave it here. This is a little bit of a rant. I'm sorry this episode maybe wasn't as uh, fleshed out or put together as some of the others. Maybe the others are just as rambly. I don't know how exactly to talk about a myriad of TikTok comments all at once, but it is to say that is a cesspool of 
anti-communism. A lot of uh, capitalist-minded people that are trying to make the world a lot worse than it is today. I assure you that much. So why don't you join us over there? Check me out. Kyle Paranormal. I'm on Instagram too. Instagram, I post a lot of historical Soviet things, both pictures and posters. I post some theory things and some just common memes. So go check that out. Kyle Paranormal on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Twitch. Those are the places to go. Thank you all for listening to this little episode. We'll check in with you all very soon. Uh, Marxism Monday and... Pioneer nights are a little bit flexible and fluid for the month of August and September. I don't feel awesome during this time of year. I get a lot of sinus pressure headaches. So thanks for bearing with me as I have a very flexible schedule. I will say TikTok streams are going on at about 3 p.m. Eastern almost every day. So consider going to one of those lives. I warn you, the chat's a little crazy. though. <laughs> if you're uh, coming from Kyle's Communist Book Club and I don't see you in that chat, do not take any offense to it. I promise you here and now, that chat just gets so bleh at times that I just look off to the side and start espousing my communist ideology and theories as I ignore the deluge. My mods over there are always cleaning it up, deleting those people, blocking them. It's just unfortunate, if anything, that TikTok sends my content to the detractors, to the people that hate it. Because again, I, I think I said this at the top, Maybe I didn't include this in this episode, but I don't run, I think I said this, I don't run a debate platform. I'm not interested in debating anti-communism. To debate for anti-communism is to say it's acceptable for children to suffer and for people to be poor and for the exploiting classes to continue exploiting. And that's why it's like, what is there to debate? They'll challenge me and be like, you're a wimp for not taking this debate. Why would I? I grew up with fascists. Why do I need to talk to more? It's not like your ideas get any newer or fresher. They just get more dangerous and refined. I don't need to hear more of those. I need to be talking to people that can help us change the world. And if that's you, consider supporting over on Coffee. Get you access to the Discord server. I said it all before. ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal or Pioneers. Either works. Both those URLs will take you to the same place. ko-fi.com forward slash Pioneers. Okay, everybody. Be safe, comrades. Be good to each other. As always, that is the most important thing. Go read Lenin. Bye.